I can hear the bells chiming from the church in the middle of Ravensburg, Germany. It's telling us it's six o'clock in the evening time to start the Radiant Joy Brilliant Love study group. <sighs> ah. I can't hear anybody. This is not fair. <clears throat> Good morning. Good evening. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> As we're collecting up our center from having given it away to all kinds of external authority figures for a week, you have to bring it back, bring your energetic center back into one, one energetic ball with your intention from all those places. You probably gave it away to the cornflakes to the street light, to the neighbor's dog. You probably gave it away to an advertisement of some naked guy at the train station with big muscles. <laughs> if you get it all back and move it with your intention so it comes back onto your physical center. And then click your clicker. Make sure you have your grounding cord to the middle of Gaia. It's a two-way connection. I hope that you guys have been listening. She's been talking. Have you been listening? Good. <laughs> and uh, at the count of three, tell yourself out loud what color it is. One, two, three. Gray, blue. Orange. <laughs> Good, and then make another click and you have your bubble of space. It's this bubble of personal space for you to just occupy. You know, a lot of other people are trying to occupy your space. Nobody can make your space for you except you. But there's a lot of, it's a precious space, so there are plenty of people who want to get in there. So occupy space, that's what it's about. And then you can help, we can help everybody here hold space for all of us around the entire world by clicking one more time and making this cube around the sphere, the sphere of the earth, because we get people from all over the world in here. There's people from the United States of America, and boy, do they need help. There's people yeah. from Germany. <laughs> people in Germany, oh God, there's so many rules in Germany. So it's people from all over. So we're holding space for people all over the world together so we can connect in. And if you would, for just a minute, kind of get a little closer to your screen so that your face occupies the screen. And make this, let this heart-to-heart -heart connection, this like energetic heart-to-heart -heart connection just with a couple people. You just look in their eyes. They don't have to be looking in your eyes, but we're going on this adventure together. We're going on this journey together into specific archetypal spaces. It really helps to be connected in so people feel safe. Look at one person for really 10 seconds before you move your eyes to somebody else. 
Do Dean, you have your eyes open? See if you can, yeah, you, Nadine, open your eyes. Yeah, look at somebody, really look. Thank you. Thank you doesn't mean stop doing this. Doesn't mean stop doing this. It means thank you for doing this. God, we interpret so many things in weird ways. So while we're doing this for the time that we're here tonight, today, now, just keep the connection. Like whenever you're talking to somebody, when you're listening, when you're asking questions, when you're feeling stuff, stay connected in. Yeah, cool. Okay. Is Nicole here? Nicole. Joachim, Nicole. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with Joachim and then Nicole. What is it? Naomi and Naomi, where's Naomi? Is she here on the next? Okay, so Naomi, yeah, Naomi, you want to say this? Wait, I'll start over again. I'm gonna, Nicole, were you going to say something? Good. Okay, Naomi, were you going to say something? All right, you have to turn your microphone on, please. Hello. I would like to ask about relationships dying of a lack of intimacy and not of a lack of love. Can you say how this has come up for you as a question? Yes. Um, la <laughs> last week, I wanted to ask a question about um so i said i'm in a relationship i plan on staying in last week in this session and then clinton referred to, you referred to that later saying it's very like funny or interesting to think we can plan that and and i thought about why i said it and i thought that it is because i have been told a lot that you need to work for your relationship so if at some point um if at some point it gets difficult that means you need to work more but at the same time the people that told me that are my parents and their relationship looks so dead to me and i don't want to be like them um wait 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 i'm telling too many details wait. no you're not what happened is is you started to speed up uh -huh. so you started to speak with us at the speed of mind and that means you're speaking faster than the speed of love and mm. also faster than the speed of your heart and mm. so i think you you also have emotions and feelings when you're mm -hmm. saying this so i'd like you could just say the last thing again from from your five bodies not just from the speed of mind that means to slow down okay and feel it okay. yes so the the people that have told me most often that 
um, you need to work for your relationship and change your views on the other person. And if you're not um, feeling fulfilled, that means you need to change something about yourself. Um, but the people that have told me this mostly are my parents. And even my mother says that their relationship is dead. Um, and then I find myself in my relationship and in my relationship, a few things happened in the beginning that made me um, trust a lot and feel like it's not worth it to always change from one person to another uh, and go through the whole happy phase again. And then when you encounter problems, think when I encounter problems, think like, oh, oh I should go away or, um, and then at the same time, when I feel um, I want to get intimate and I feel like I don't know how to explain it or create it and uh, um, then I feel hungry and thirsty and sad and at the same time very inspired with a vision of what it can be. Um, yeah, and then... Yeah, then wondering when I am, again, like last time I mentioned, when, wondering when I am needy and um, um, like... Uh, exigir? Does anybody speak Spanish? Uh, say, the, say the word again. Exigir? Demanding. When am I... Thank you. <laughs> When am I demanding, uh, wanting to demand things? And sometimes it looks like people around me do not want intimacy the way I do. When I start opening up, um, they start telling me things like it's heavy or serious or, and for me, it's just not heavy or serious. Um, it's incredibly light, actually. I have a proposal. First, I want to check, especially about the first thing that you were saying. I just want to check with other people if you can relate to the question. Can you relate to the question? Okay. So if you go to the place in you that has this question about, should I stick around or should I go away? Sort of like that. So should I leave or should I stick around? Is your question something about that, Naomi? Well, kind of not really, because um, it kind of is and it kind of isn't. <laughs> Let me tell you my proposal. My proposal is that you relate to your current relationship experiments as your training ground for your next relationship experiments. So I, the, I think for most of you, if, you're, if, you, have an, if you have a laboratory, if you've, if you've created a laboratory for yourself, you're using everything that you learned before. <clears throat> and if you don't have a laboratory for yourself, then you, you didn't do your homework from sec lesson two, you know, because we had a proposal that you go get yourself a laboratory to work in. So, but the thing is, if you have a laboratory to work in, 
take it as a preparation for the experiment place that you can for your next laboratory. And what that does, if you do that, what it does for you is it lets you take bigger risks. It lets you be more authentic. It lets you put it on the table, what you want, what's, what adventures, what's the challenges, what, where you want to go, like what experiments you want to do. It lets you take a way bigger risk because if, if you're in a situation that you imagine is going to last the rest of your life, what's the point? I mean, basically, all you need to do is endure. You just have to suffer silently long enough, and eventually it will be over. Either they will die or you will die, or you'll both die, but you probably won't be, both live forever. So if you just endure it long enough, you know, you don't have to, it'll be taken out, out of your hands. But if you take it as, hey, this is the experimental ground where I can learn, where I can do the wildest, most amazing relationship experiments that I, I can think of, that I want to try, I want to stretch out here and try this and try, then, then it will go as long as it goes. But you don't, you don't have to have this question about, sh you know, should I leave? Like, let, let's say, let's say, your relationship experimental laboratory will be over in, in three days. Okay, that means you could do basically anything. You could scream at the person, you could bake lasagna made out of um, chicory, chicory lasagna, because you always wanted to try chicory lasagna, but your partner hates chicory. Well, what the fuck, you know? It's going to be over in three days, and you always wanted to try chicory lasagna, so you put that on the table, you know, and you, you know, you wanted to wear chartreuse green, you know, and they hate chartreuse green or whatever. You just put everything chartreuse green on. It's like you say we're going to go watch Little Women movie. We're going to go watch Little Women, the new one, you know, with what's her name in it, and. <laughs> And uh, the guy, you know, the guy's like, I want to watch Star Wars movies. And you just like turn on Little Women and tie him to the chair, you know, with like tape open his eyes like this, you know, and, and make him watch Little Women. And it like there, what's the, you know, you can go full out, full out. Like, why would you want to do anything less than that? This is, this is what the invitation is. So you decide that I, I get to play full out. I get to be engaged. I get to, I get to put down a thousand euros. I get to pay full price. I get to dive in. I get to like, it's like a luxury seat. You know, if you've got somebody, you know, in a relationship laboratory, you have a luxury seat for learning intimacy stuff. And there's nothing holding you back from the experiments you do, except your concept that, oh, I have to be nice, or they have to like me, or this has to last a long time, or God, what would my mother would never do anything like that, so I can't, you know, or 
like on and on and on, we have these concepts about, about not, about reasons to not be ourselves, about back doors or justifications or like stories or examples from somebody else that they, just because somebody else could not do it does not mean that you cannot do it. I'm just gonna say that again, just because somebody else could not do it does not mean that you can't do it. So just, so just because your parents are, were, were unable to uh, call in their archetypal lineage and build a game world that would help upgrade thought we're on planet Earth as a service to humanity, just because they could not do it doesn't mean you can't do it in a relationship, you know, in, a, in an experimental space. So this is what the proposal is. In terms of uh, relationships dying from a lack of intimacy, the, you know, the, the, what I'm saying is, is it you, you get to re re reveal what's the flame that's going on inside of you. You get to show the flame. This is, this is the intimacy. This is the vulnerability. This is the intimacy. So, and if you're, if you have a big curtain around there and the door is shut and it's insulated and isolated and on the outside, it looks like it's covered in vanilla frosting or something, you know, nice, but inside is this flaming dragon. You know, the, how are you going to have a chance to be intimate to, to feed the thing? Like how, can you show up as yourself enough that intimacy can even happen? Like, so, so why not take a risk? Why not, if a relationship is, you know, if the love is not the thing, you know, love, the universe is basically made out of love. Love, there's an abundance of love around. I know you, you let's not go there. So, so there's an abundance of love around, and if the and it, relationships don't die from a lack of the love, they die from a lack of this intimacy, and you are folded over on top of yourself like a burrito. You know, you're wrapped up in all these layers, and you've got yourself folded in. How can the intimacy happen? So, you, so the idea is open the thing, you know, turn the flame on, go for it, and make intimacy possible and then the thing will will go or it won't it'll go as far as it goes and but but you'll be more interesting to the earth coincidence control office that is hoping that the evolution of consciousness will occur on planet earth but if you're folded over and holding in and being nice or being what like your parents whatever there's no real chance for the intimacy to happen. So that's what this is about. So Naomi, that means cutting loose. Means, okay, good. Does that help? Okay. Cool. Thank you for bringing up one of the most dangerous subjects on, the, on this part of the galaxy. As we're, as we're getting ready to 
open the book. Is there anybody else who had anything cooking that they wanted to share or ask? Habet. Hi. Hi. Yeah, I, I want to share that I'm planning to do the um, study group in German um, with Felix on Wednesdays. <laughs> I talked to him on the phone and it just came up and yeah, just to let you know if anyone is interested in German. Very cool. This is the Radiant Joy, Brilliant Love book? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, also in German, it's wahre Liebe im Alltag. Yeah, true love in everyday life. Yeah. <laughs> cool, thanks for saying that, Habet. Cool, good luck, have fun. Pull, pull all the stoppers, you know. You gotta go for this. This is it, people, God, there's so much food possible here for everybody. So really go for it, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else wanna say anything or ask anything? Phyllis. And then Janet. I, I want to hear more about conscious purpose. I, I know about unconscious purpose, feeding the gremlin, but I want to know how you go about every day, every conversation, every action with conscious purpose. Why do you want to know this? Because I want to engage more in it, and I don't—it's a little bit beyond me, I think. So you know, we can we can only go through the door that we're in front of. Do you get that idea? Like, there's a door over there, over on the side of my room over there, and behind that door is a hungry cat. But I—that door over there, like I can't go there from here. I am too far away from that door. Even if I jumped, I couldn't get through that door. I have to be at the door before I can turn the handle and open the door and go through it. So, so the idea is um, this thing about conscious purpose is a fantastic, it's a, it's a fabulous way to jack into the universe. Like, human beings have this incredible mind we can imagine all kinds of stuff and so but the thing is that if we imagine if we build up a world for ourselves that isn't corresponding to reality then we're in a fantasy world and it's easy to be in a fantasy world it's very easy to be in you're talking to an expert i was in a fantasy world for 39 years of my life so I was in the fantasy world that I was a good person, for example, or I was in a fantasy world that had a, um, I was an American, had this fantasy world. So anyway, there's a, we can be in a lot of fantasy worlds. And if you take actions in, in the framework of your fantasy world, they won't produce results in reality because you'll be, it's like, like me trying to go through that door from here. I can fantasize going through the door. I can want to go through the door, but I'm not at the door. So in terms of your experiments with conscious purpose, do pick and design an experiment for yourself that's where you are right now. And these are very simple experiments. So 
like the simp one the simple one that I've worked with a lot is actually I just hold my hand up. I say, I am now holding this hand up for the purpose of it being an experiment. And I'm gonna hold it there for 45 seconds. And then my purpose is after 45 seconds, I'm gonna turn my hand over like this, after 45 seconds. And then I'm gonna keep it there for 45 seconds and then I'm gonna put it down again. So that entire thing makes no sense in almost any, any world except the world of purpose. That it was my purpose to put my hand up, my purpose to turn it over as to hold this experiment of conscious purpose and then to put my hand down. My purpose was to do an experiment in conscious purpose. So if you start doing things like that, if you put the glasses on your shelf right side up, or you put them on your shelf upside down. What's your purpose? Well, you can. Do you could I, could I interrupt? Yes. So I, I get that level of conscious purpose. I want to go to the next level of conscious purpose. What is that level? Into like what we're studying with this book, conscious intimacy, conscious communication conscious actions towards that that end there's an end towards that goal <laughs> that no there's no end towards that unfolding <laughs> yeah but keep in mind what you said because if you say there's an end or you say there's a goal flippantly like that's the way it comes out first yeah. then yeah. it's all of a sudden you're you're you're, ma you're using a map for a relationship where there's an end or a goal or something to achieve, something to get there. Are we there yet? Do I have a working relationship? Am, am I loved? Am, you know, I've, I've accomplished the goal. And, it, and if that's your framework, then, then your, your purposing in that framework will produce... Um, It'll take you out of life. It takes you out of the flux. Because the whole thing is in flux. It's always it's unfolding, flowing. The whole thing is evolving. And if you think there is a goal to achieve, you will not be in the present moment, for example. You will not be with, you know, like that. So if you keep judging yourself and going, are we there yet? Did we make it? Can we make it? What do I have to do to get there? to accomplish the goal, to reach the aim of successful relationship, what, then you're not actually where you are. You don't get to play where you are. You're trying to fit into a framework. So that's, that's one place you might wanna be working with that. The other thing I was thinking, I just wanna know how many of you have distilled your bright principles? Can you put your hand up if you have distilled your bright principles? So it looks like about half. So I want to say, Vera is holding the space. Vera Franco, she's in the call. She's holding the space. Go ahead, turn your mic on and go for it. And Chloe's going to say something exciting. Okay. Okay. I don't know if it's very exciting, but because we're on this, on this topic, Vera Franco, who's on this call, is holding a space to deliver, to distill your bright principle and to 
even choose them to go through the whole process with a space holder and so if you want information about that just write to jane and vera here so vera will you put your email address in the in the chat window for everybody and also the uh, date and time when that is and if it costs something so Vera, please put yeah the date and time and the cost and um in your and your email so so it's great to do it with other people it's in in fact it's really impossible not to do it with the space holders it's yes it is chapter eight of the conscious feelings book that'll get you through the first phase but there's two or three other phases in the process where you need the other people so i really encourage you to distill your bright principles as your first draft of them because then when you have the question am i am i taking actions in a in a conscious purpose for myself that's a good a good uh scale or a good um, qualifier whatever you say it's like a map for what principles are you are you acting within so uh Phyllis, did you distill your bright principles? I think you did, right? Yes. What, yeah. what are they? Uh, possibility, clarity, um, ex exploration. So, Phyllis. Uh, yeah. In terms, in terms of, in terms of the test, the they're a little bit too far away from you to use them as a measure. And you, they need to come out like integrity, clarity, possibility, love, initiation, and high-level fun. It needs to be that close to you, not stored somewhere in your mind that you can recall, but you're not actually with them. So just pull them in a little closer, and then you can then as they're in closer, then you will have a way to gauge. Like it's like a map. It's like a thermometer or something. It's like it's, a, it's like. Are you functioning in the in the framework set up by your bright principles? Because they're your bright principles, and then yeah, and so that if you pull them in closer as to uh, um, in your put them in your energetic body, put them in your heart, put them other places, put them in your physical body, like put them not just in your mind. Yeah, and then that will give you. Then you can experiment in that. Yeah, and as you were talking. I realized that maybe at least part of the time, maybe half the time, I'm aware of what my purpose is, my intention is, but I don't think about it. I mean, I'm, I do think about it, but I don't think about it in the way that, oh, this is my purpose. But I, if I go back and think of what my purpose was, I was pretty clear about it. May, but you know just part of the time I, I guess i i really resonated with what you said just don't try to be the goal don't try to get to the goal just be where you are now and appreciate it well and, and keep on yeah be where you are now and experiment yeah yeah cool yeah thank you all right thank you did i say somebody else was there somebody else with their hand up or were we reading uh, Janet. Janet, Janet, you had your hand up. Where'd you go? Yes. Yes, I go. You can say it. Wow. Yes. 
This is the amount of energy I tried to keep deep inside me in creating intimate relationship. I've sent it to you, Anne Chloe, because mm. if you can get it up um, at a bigger picture. But first, all the patriarch, all the crap and bullshit from patriarchy was on top of that. And for me, the different relationships have helped clear out what is on top of that much power for creating love and transformation on this planet. So if I was somebody who felt like I had patriarchal crap on top of me, I would phone Janet Redmond up immediately and, and start getting her to help me burn it or however, whatever method she, whatever she's figured out to do. So Janet, are you open to that? Yes. And Clinton and Chloe, you saw what had to come out. I had to find a big enough person, a big enough gremlin. Yeah. yeah. You saw it, Clinton. Yeah, yeah thank you. Thank so you. So that means your gremlin would be big enough even for Dudyamshu. <laughs> I was. <laughs> yes. You should, you should talk to you. Really, I don't know. It's anyway, anybody who who feels like it, I'm serious. Just call her up. She's in New Zealand. You have to figure out the time. But it, it's worth... That doesn't matter. Worth, I'm usually awake. She's usually awake at all <laughs> hours of the day. She's got that much energy. And she's got to do something with it. <laughs> Don't let her be alone with that much energy. That would be, God, what a waste. Okay. What is it? Scott, what are you... What do you cook? Why, do you, why are you laughing over there? Why am I laughing? I, I'm, I'm delighting in that idea of her being awake at all hours of the night just because she's so full of energy. But you was before then, you were already laughing before then. I, I don't know. Okay. Well, we have it on the video, so we'll have to ask you later. All right, we're yeah. about ready to- Can I ask you a question? Can I ask oh. you a question? See, I knew it was something. Go ahead. <laughs> I have a question about the distinction of being right or being in relationship. And the Which question- philosophical The question is- <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that? I just want to know <laughs> which. You know, you got to get out of the bed on one side or the other, and is it your growing or is it your, you know, your being? So anyway, go ahead. Um, it's better to be right. Just fuck it. <laughs> oh man, yeah. No, I'm. I'm just. I'm just. Uh, really this is a real sticking point for me for sure uh just like 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 how how to be in relationship um you know when when there are fundamental only men who can ask questions like that only a man would have that kind of a question like how to be in relationship 
Only men can come up with stuff like that. But go ahead. You're doing great, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I feel nervous right now. Um, and you're afraid of? I'm afraid of just looking like an idiot. Too late. And, uh, yeah. It's too late. Just forget <laughs> that. It's too late. Yeah. Give, give us another one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm... Uh, Look, we'll get back to you, okay? Because, you know, here's yeah. a study manual. This is going to be a study manual called, it's on page 32, Ordinary Human Communication, okay? It's going to be about being mm -hmm. right. It's going to be about how to be mm -hmm. the best kind of right. Because in this, you can, you'll have some edifying distinctions in this part, I bet. So I'm going to start reading. Thank you for um, turning off your microphone now. Thank you. Here we go. Section 2B or not 2B. I should have put that in there. To clarify how ordinary human communication works, I will use Dr. Eric Burns' map of parent, adult, child ego states. One of the central thought maps from his system of transactional analysis. Burns' map is simple and effective. Later in this book, you will see this map evolve to provide even greater clarity. Right now, we will use the map in its original form. To understand the map, we must first understand what is meant by the term ego state. In a later chapter, we will replace the term ego state with the term box. An ego state is a set of ideas, beliefs, attitudes, and behaviors with which we are identified. Using the term state, quote unquote state, implies that our identification is only temporary. That we change from one ego state to another ego state. And that is exactly the point. When we are identified with a certain set of ideas, beliefs, attitudes, or behaviors, we are certain that these are the only ideas possible. We regard this set of attitudes as who we are, and we assume that it encompasses all that is. We think that no option exists other than the worldview we are currently seeing and, and using. So Scott, this is, this, this is the fallacy of being right. Because you know, we have parts. Could you write this website in there? We, I've been working on it. I just started a new website called Parts. It's, and it's, uh, it is this whole thing about us flipping back and forth between one character and another character in less than one breath, really. We can shift from one identity to another identity in a very short time, forgetting that just a moment before we were in a completely different identity. Each one of the identities has a different criteria for what is right, for example. So if you get to be right in one identity, it's no win for you because you've got 84 other identities that aren't right. 
in those conditions. So it's, it's a pretty amazing thing. So on this website called parts, there's, the experiments aren't so clear, but it's about how many parts you really have. And the point being to make them, like Phyllis was talking about, like a conscious choice, a conscious purpose. And that's, that, that's part of what this work is about, is to bring your parts together into one kind of ongoing awareness in the moment, in the present. And it's, each of the parts, of course, has resources. It has, mm, it has value. There are, there are, like if you can put on an accent or if you have a skill in one particular um, identity, and that thing can become available to all your other identities when you start integrating them together. And this is, this is an amazing thing to have your resources at hand in one identity rather than having the different resources all chopped up into the different qualities for the each identity. So this is where we start. We start, we first start by defining three or four identities like parent, adult, and child and understanding that we get identified with these things. Human psychology is imperative to have and know. Human psychology is, in, that's our mind, imperative to have and to know its own identity is astonishing. By packaging itself into one identity, the mind blinds itself to the existence of any other possible identity, even if a moment before it was packaged into a completely different identity. Then, when the circumstances change, the mind shifts identity again. The mind has dozens, I would say more than that, of prepackaged identities in store and chooses whichever identity best assures survival for us in that particular circumstance. I don't think most of your friends know this. And it, I'm just saying that in my world, when I started to figure this out, I lost some friends. They couldn't relate to me when I started taking into account the fact that not only me, but basically every person I met was a zoo. It was a collection of creatures in, you know, aquatic creatures, space creatures, slime eating creatures, light creatures, such a variety of creatures. So I keep reading. We are identified with the identification mechanism in our mind. We don't even know that we have this mechanism that can identify ourselves with stuff. We're, it's like behind the screen. We're looking at the screen, but behind there is this projector. We're not even knowing there's this projector thing. It means that we do not notice when our mind shifts from one identity to the next. For us, inside of the thing, it is a seamless segue. That's like a connection from one, one sound to another sound. It is as unnoticed as blinking. So most of the time, we don't even notice when we blink. But when you blink, like, blink, I'll just do that right now. Blink very slowly. Right now, just make one blink very slowly. And as you blink, you will see that all the screen vanishes. It's completely gone. And then you slowly open your eyes up again, and you see what's there now. And 
that blink was the same exact blink as every other blink. We just slowed it down. Everything completely disappears in a blink. And so it, but we don't even see the blink. We don't even remember that we blinked because we patch over the gap. So that's what we're doing with shifting identities. We patch over this gap and the gap is huge. In the moment that we're shifting from one identity to another identity, there is no identity. It's a small moment, but there is no identity in that moment. When you shrink your now down, you can make it small enough to slip through the gap in identity. You go into no identity. So this is a great place to practice with this whole mechanism, is to shrink your now down small enough so that you can go sideways through the gap between identities as you're shifting from one identity to the other. It's as fast as a blink, almost but you can make your now that small. So this is like when the freight trains go by. When a, when a train is going by, um, it's possible to look through the freight train by focusing, instead of the freight train, you focus on the gaps. And then you can see that between each car is this gap. And instead of seeing the freight train, you see what's on the other side of the freight train. You guys know what I'm talking about? You can look right through a train so yes, if that's what you're doing with this identity shifting, is there is a huge place where you have no identity, but you can get there only through the gaps between identity. So once, you know, this is a wild kind of training to be in relationship, to have no identity. You know, people, a lot of people try to be cool. I don't, probably none of you. I, I don't think any of you try to be cool, but, but there are people out there who try to be cool, which means they try to augment or emphasize different qualities of their identity and sort of market it, kind of hold it out front. You know, this is who I am. This is what I can do. This is what I create. I'm an artiste. I'm a musician. I'm a dancer. I can, I can build websites, whatever the thing is. So that we hold up this identity to try to be cool. And what we're talking, and then they try to have a relationship from this manufactured identity, which is actually unstable. It is actually unstable, and identity is unstable. I mean, this is why you have artists and actors and musicians and stuff taking drugs and dying from um, alcohol and drugs because because the the instability of the thing that makes them real that they think makes them real, the instability of the object that makes you cool. You, you try to ignore that. You're trying to ignore that and block that because you want your thing to be real and stable and cool forever, like big. You work so hard to make it like this. You know, and the thing is it works in the shadow world too. Like probably there's one or two of you in there who hate yourself. I don't mean, you know, completely hate yourself. But you probably have little, you criticize yourself maybe, or you judge yourself. Maybe you have a negative comment about yourself that every once a year maybe comes by and you go, God, what an idiot. God, can't you do that better? Forget it. Probably you've heard of people who have these little, every now and then once a year maybe, one of these negative comments that goes through 
their system, you know, like that. So I know that there's people out there like that. But so that thing that you're shouting at, the, 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 the bad part of yourself that you can criticize, it's stupid or wrong or it's too slow or not good enough, the one that's not good enough, that thing, you don't want that to disappear either. You also try to keep around the identity that is not good enough so that you can yell at it, so that you can criticize it. So you have this kind of cool identity that you want to hold up and, and relate from that. But in the secret world, you have another identity that you want to beat up on inside of yourself. But you don't want that to go away either, because then you, what would you do with all your free time and energy if you weren't beating yourself up? I mean, what, what would you do with all that time and energy? I don't know. God, you might have to invent a game world or something. So, so this whole thing of manufacturing an identity and then identifying with the identity and thinking of the identity as a thing that's going to relate to somebody else is so far away from reality. It's so fictional. It's so like doesn't matter. It's such a distraction from what's really going on. But we haven't had the um, a space of clarity in which to take a look at this, you know, actually to take a look. So, okay, so here I am, I'm going to be in relationship and do experiments with somebody, but I'm not cool and I'm not bad or wrong. You know, I'm not an idiot and I'm not, I'm not wonderful. In fact, I'm this, actually, I'm a gap between identities. So, you want to go on a date with a, a guy? A guy. You want to go on a date with a gap between identities? You know, that should be your next, <laughs> your next invitation to somebody. How about, you want to go on a date with a gap? You know, and um, <laughs> I'm, I'm making fun of it, but I'm, I'm actually, I actually mean it. I mean, it would, be the, it would be the start of a very interesting conversation, I would say, because then you'd have to explain yourself. And of course, you would not be able to explain yourself from an identity. You would have to skip that part. You have to talk to people from the gap in identity. And I should better get back to reading. So we are identified with the identification mechanism. Like I said, it's operating behind the scenes in our mind meaning that we do not notice when our mind shifts from one identity to the next. For us, it is a seamless segue, as unnoticed as blinking. We notice the identity shifting in other people, but not in ourselves. So I've told this story before, but it says, for example, remember a time when you were with a friend and their telephone rang. Your friend stops talking with you and speaks to the caller who might be their mother, their child, their boss, or the police. Right before your eyes, your friend's identity instantly shifts to a strange character with a voice, speech patterns, vocabulary, posture, and attitude that you have never seen in them before. As soon as the call ends, they shift smoothly back into the character who talks to you, never realizing they shifted at all. So. You've all seen this happen. You know, we really didn't see this happen until they invented mobile phones. And the usual phones, it wasn't so visible because the thing would ring. And we'd walk over and, and we'd have time, 
you know, we'd leave the people we were with and then we'd go talk to the people on the phone in private and then we'd come back. We didn't notice how fast the shift is. It, but with mobile phones, man, it's a new, a new revelation about the instability of human identities. So as, okay, the drastic identity shift in your friend might cause a shock in you, but more likely than not, you will play along as if you saw nothing unusual. You will play along as if you saw nothing unusual. Like what a doorway, wouldn't, wouldn't that be an amazing doorway? You watch somebody shift and you just, you just say, look, I want to role play the two identities that you just showed me. Here's the one you do with me, and here's the one you do with whoever you were talking with on the phone. And you do that with them. So sometime this week, I'd like you to do that with a couple of people. So when you're with somebody and they shift identity and they're talking to somebody else, you go, I'd like to have a conversation. I'd like to show you two identities that you just demonstrated for me. And I'd like to ask you, what's up about that? I want to, I want you to know, I want to know what's so fake about the thing you're showing me. Janet, are you putting your hand, Janet Trevino, are you putting your hand up? Yes, I wanted to make a comment. I do this and um, it's the best way when I'm having trouble with my partner, sorry about that noise, um, I will ask him, I need to talk to my best friend and he will like zip in, he'll do some sort of like physical movement, he'll be like, okay, he's here, I'm like, thank you. And I will unleash and let everything go. But I cannot tell him, like my lover, but I can tell the best friend who is in the same body. Well, my best friend's on my side. My best friend sees my perspective. Um, and it's so funny. I can't say those same things. It's impossible. I just cannot. But when I activate this other person, other identity he has, she's wonderful. <laughs> so I just wanted to share that. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I think we get it. I think we get to this later, but it is possible for you to notice an identity coming up in the person across from you and, and realizing, I don't want to talk to that part. I want to talk to a different part. So basically, you get out, you know, you basically go, dee -dee 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 -dee, and, I, and you call up a different part of that person. And, and, you, and you can do this it doesn't take long at all. They will usually, if you start speaking in the language and hold the space and set the context for the part of them you do want to speak to, they will usually slide right back into it. Now, it's scary because they're not so aware of it, but it's like, hey, I'm not going to like spend my time talking to the creature in somebody when I want to talk to the wizard in them. You know, I'm, I want to talk to the wizard in them. So, Anyway, you can take that. You can try that as an experiment. Also, it's like to talk to the part and people that you want to talk to, and if they want to occupy, you know, this other part of themselves with you, and you don't want to, you can just just say, please make an appointment for next lifetime or something like that. You can you can postpone that engagement. You have the power to do that. Yeah. Thank you, Janet. in your friend might cause a shock in you, but you will play along as if you saw nothing unusual. So now you have a homework, which is to like, you know, put it on the table. What's going on? Ignoring the identity shift in each other is an agreement that we make amongst ourselves to keep the show rolling. To keep the show rolling. 
And so the, the, thing, the thing about this, where we're going with this is having, trying to be connected with a being through their show is just not so rewarding. It's not so successful. It isn't very uh, realistic because that show will change. But, but in any, so what we're, but this whole thing about trying to relate to the show going on in another person rather than connecting through, you know, through the shows, multiple shows to their being, that's a very different kind of experience. And so it's a completely uh, from multiple shows going on down into the being to being is a different kind of relating. That's where we're going with this. We have to, we have to kind of study the technology of how we keep the show going. And that's one way is we make this agreement to keep the show rolling. Nonetheless, we shift identity many times each day, most of the time without being conscious about it. Knowing that the human mind has a bias toward identification and an uncanny deafness with shifting identity in such a radical, it is such a radical piece of knowledge that even though this idea is presented to you in a precise and usable form in these paragraphs, you will probably forget it in the next few moments. Then when the next person leaves the room and forgets to shut the door behind them, the identity in your mind who must have the door closed to feel secure will get offended and regard its own reality limits of greater importance than maintaining a respectful relationship with the other person. This is how we begin to get a feel for the insidious difficulties involved in ordinary human communications. So like where this is going also is we're gonna, we're going to, we're, dying, we're beginning to dive into underworld. We're beginning to dive into the shadowlands, the places where we aren't aware that we're not aware of. And, and that has a whole technology there. It has an entire technological uh, mechanics. It's like the mechanics of the underworld. And that's where we're going to go because that when we know about this, when we have, uh, when we have this clarity about the machinations of the underworld, we can navigate that better. And, and it's just like there is no place where you won't need that. There is no place where you won't need that. You will basically always need that awareness of the mechanics of the underworld. I mean, this whole picture of the white knight riding up on the horse and, and rescuing us and taking us off to Never Never Land, where life is wonderful all the time and we live happily ever after, that fantasy world hopefully has hit the rocks for you by now. Because that's, I'm sure there are places you can go where they're gonna to talk to you about how to be nice to your partner and everything will turn out really well. You know, I'm sure there are places you can go for that. This is not that place. This is, we're gonna arm you up. We're gonna gear you out for journeying the all three worlds, including the underworld, in a moment to moment basis, because it doesn't take more than a flash for a very pleasant interaction to turn into a gremlin feeding frenzy. It can happen in a flash. And if you don't know how it happened, you can't undo it. You can't, you can't, it's like, whatever, it's like 
not knowing there that those things on the ground are landmines. You know, you can see those things you, and you don't know what they are, but they're actually landmines. And if you don't know what they are, you just walk through and you step on one. It's, and you go, God, what was that? I don't know. And you walk over and you step on another one. And so you, if you start to know what a landmine is, you can stop stepping on them. It's, it's pretty much that obvious. So we didn't have a class in underworld technology in school. We could have had a lot of them. So we're, we're doing that work here. And as soon as you get it and experiment with it, it's so helpful. The, the whole thing is so helpful. I keep reading. Dr. Eric Burns' map indicates that there are three generalized ego states with which a person would normally be identified. These are the parent ego state, the adult ego state, and the child ego state. Okay, the reason I don't skip this part is because as much as we think we might understand about this, we don't get it how to um, receive or transform the offers that are made to us from each of those places. <clears throat> and it's straightforward to learn that. But what I'm saying is even though it's so basic and it's been around for 50 years, this thought map has been 50, 60 years around, it's still part of the mechanics of our unconsciousness. So, so we practice. We are typically identified with one ego state or another during most of our waking and sleeping hours. In this chapter, we will investigate the parent and child ego states. In a later chapter, we will investigate the adult ego state. And the reason that's uh, later is because it functions from a different, uh, a, a different mechanics. The adult ego state functions in a different way. And Chloe just put up in the chat line a, a link to a, a website called Five Offers and Ego State One, um, and put up Reactivity. We put the Reactivity One. So these these websites also have a much more um, information and experiments to do with regards to um, all this. I keep reading. The parent ego state includes both the nurturing parent with a voice that praises and approves and the critical parent with a voice that blames and disproves. These two voices speak into our mind or out of our mouth in many of our daily conversations. Nurturing parent voices may say things like, you are wonderful, you are the best, you are so beautiful, you are so smart, you are so good, you are so perfect. Put up your hand if you like hearing those things from other people. Anybody like hearing those things from other people? Too bad. I'm sorry. So when people like when people say that stuff to me, I just look at them in the eyes and go, "Why are you saying this?" Because it's some kind of purpose going on. Most people are not aware of. I just want you to know that I I think you're wonderful. Say, why don't you just say I think you're wonderful? I go. I never thought of it. Okay. Critical parent voices might say, you are not good enough. You are a failure. You are stupid. You will never make it. You are a loser. You are a slob. You are ugly. You are a reject. And so on into creative infinity. 
I'm going to stop for right now and just um, see if there's anything cooking in anybody. Um, anyway, I, I value our time together. So there might be sections in the book where I might skip because I know we're going to go at it later in a, in a different way. So right now, I'm thinking about skipping over this little part. And I just want to see if anybody has anything cooking that they want to talk about. Naomi. Well, hold on, Naomi. Let's see if there's somebody else. Let, let's give Ramo some other people a chance, OK, Naomi? So Ramona, please go ahead. Yes, hey. Thank you. So um, when you were talking about the identity, something came up for me that happened recently that I actually didn't understand. And I think now I have a bit more, more clarity in it. Um, and my brother came into my room the other day and he told me that he sees myself in some kind of a chaos and that it's not really clear for him what I'm actually doing and stuff like this. So there were a lot of like, he really tried to come from a point of wanting to support me. Um, and I absolutely didn't get what he, what he wanted, like what he was referring to, because for myself, I felt um, I have so much clarity on, on what I'm serving. And now I realized it's probably like he, from his perspectives, he doesn't see, he, he cannot see this clear identity. Um, because I feel like I'm very much in service of healing and of, of protecting um, old knowledge and in connection with the plants and so on. So I'm wondering right now, um, when there is kind of a demand from the outside world of you having that identity, how do I handle that? Because afterwards I actually got really insecure and I asked myself, am I doing it, you know, like, am I doing it right? Or what am I really supposed to do if this is not enough or something? So I, for myself, I felt it's totally fine. I know what I'm doing, but how do I, how do I really deal with that? Because it's like, yeah, I, I, I don't want to go into this clear identity because my job in the essence is very clear, but it has a lot of different expressions, no? So. Great. Let me ask you a question. Um, I think your question applies to all of us here because we are edge workers. So most of our work will be not on the tax form from the government. Our job description does not fit in the construct of the modern economic paradigm. It doesn't fit in there. So the really, my first question is, are you producing real results? Yes. Okay, so you have evidence of that. People give you feedback, plants get healed, there's more harmony. I don't, you have evidence for that it works, right? Yes. Okay, so that's all you need. And, and if you don't have evidence, if, if somebody here doesn't have evidence for, for the, effectiveness of, of, of the work that you're doing or the whatever you're creating. If you don't have effectiveness for that, bring a team of edge workers together and just ask them to give you 
some feedback about the results that you're creating. Just ask them for feedback. What results am I creating? How could I create better results? This is an amazing question to bring to other edge workers and how we can support each other. It's fantastic. So then the other thing is to realize that this person who's wanting you to fit into uh, their expectation of a role that they can understand or comprehend or measure on a system is like, um, so, anyway, I'm just talking about a personal thing for me is I, I usually go one of two ways. I scan them to see if it's a real question or not. I scan them to see if they really want to know something. So more than half the time they don't. So then I just change the subject. I just agree with them and go, God, you have a crazy sister. Or um, did you see the show at the Ed Sullivan show tonight, the replay with this guy named Scott East? He's this incredible comedian and he did this show <clears throat> like that. You just, you just connect in with the person and go off into kind of their world or some other, other world. But if they actually want to know something, if they actually do, then what I can do is I, I can, it's called, it's a meta conversation, but it's also a vacuum. It's a vacuum form of rapid learning. And I present a vacuum. I present curiosity. I present, so the curiosity is, so you're asking me, you're, you're, you're telling me that you don't, you don't, you're having this experience of not understanding what I'm up to, that it looks like chaos to you, that you, you can't get what it actually I'm about. And, and if they go, yes, then I say, well, what do, you, what do you feel about that? How is it for you? How is it for you to be in that state? And then if they're able, they, will, they can actually feel something about it. If they're not able to feel something about it, then, um, then it's like, this another thing is like, well, why is, why is it important to you? Are you having an assumption? It sounds like you're having the expectation that you should be able to understand each, each person that you're with, you have, is that really true? You're living in a world where you think you can understand each person that you're with. And it's in a vacuum. You're creating a vacuum of curiosity to find out what it's like in their world. So this is a transformational space that you're opening. So if they really want to learn something, take them on a transformational journey. If they don't, just go into their world in a nonlinear way and just play around with them. You know, so those are the two, two ways that I would propose to go with it. Is that okay for right now for experiments to try? Um, yes, and there's another question that comes up for me, which is, um, I realize when, when such situations happen that there is an emotion attached um, that, that is really difficult for me to handle. Um, wait, 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 your emotion or their emotion? Mine. Well, theirs as well, but uh, uh, in that moment, I'm focused on, on my own process because to some extent, I know. If you have an emotion that's coming up where you're sad or scared or it's mixed together and you're yeah, in this. It's, it's, some kind of, it's some kind of shame that comes up in that moment. Yeah, so wait, so, wait, wait, wait. So the shame is a mixed emotion with anger, fear, and sadness in, yeah. mixed in. Take, that is a fantastic gift you have. 
you have clarity, you are up close to a door. That shame is a door that you can go through with most anybody here in this space could hold space for you to go through the emotional healing process of the shame. And you just go into it and you take it apart into its component parts, find out what the parts are, where they came from, what the purpose is, find out what, and just, you start off with a whole new decision, your whole new beginning. You have the shame on purpose. What is the purpose for your shame? It came from somewhere. You're creating it for yourself for a purpose. And you use the shame as a gateway. You go, thank you. If the person right you're with cannot hold space for you to go through shame, say, thank you so much. You have brought up a, a thing for me that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go take to one of my friends. We're gonna go through, I'm going to go through this process. I'll talk to you afterwards. But as soon as you have the shame, nail it. Like grab that thing. It's a treasure. It's a doorway. And go through the emotional process of it. You will be just a different person on the other side. And then that person you're talking with will look different. You will be different, so they will look different. And you can interact with them differently because you don't longer generate the shame like you did before. You generate other stuff. Do you yeah. get it? So that yeah. thing, you don't have to handle it. You need to go get it handled. Okay, you don't suppress it. You don't put it away. You don't deny it. You go, God, thank you for pushing this button. Uh, please, uh, I'll be back. I'm going to go get this handled. And I'll talk to you next week. I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'll talk to you after I handle this process, after I go through it. End of conversation. Okay? Cool. Thank I asked a question. Maybe you can use the question before everybody answers. Hold on. And there's a, there's a question in the chat. Question, would you be interesting for you? So this is a question from Anne Chloe for anybody. Would it be interesting for you to be in a study group, a WhatsApp group, as a space for asking questions uh, and for holding and sharing and discovery and experiments behind this study group. Like if um, you're getting a kind of a lot of yeses. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, because Iris, I see your hand just a second. Um, so this would be a great place to deepen and get really simple clarity about and also offer opportunities for each other about this stuff. So thank you and Chloe and thank you for everybody. And thank you, Ramona and Iris. Yeah, so I think I also, I was also talking about it last week, the same kind of question about these roles. So if I understand it well, it's like, when you're shifting identities or shifting roles the whole time, like it's this in-between space that I, I, like the space where I shift into, that this is like authentic then. Or like, like the nothing, like the space between roles. Is, is that right? Just take it easy. Um, such a, like I make this invitation and then the mind is going to jump in and try to package it somehow. So I hear your mind trying to package this somehow. What I'd much rather have you do is experiment. And suspend so the week with this question and experiment. And don't, you know, it's possible that you could shift out of identities into this non-identity space 
and it could become solid for you. It could become viable. It could become a home for you. You might have been waiting for this for a long time. Like you might have a real affinity for the non-identity space, the gap between identities. You might. On the other hand, you might just shift by and you won't be able to go through there. Don't worry about it. It's not, it's not a, you're not going to figure it out in your mind as a concept. You can find it as an experience. So mm. I'm, this kind of, this thing, the invitation is for experiential experience reality experiential not to concept it into your mind and try to understand it okay so can you say what you were saying without without having your mind try to wrestle with it like do you get the experiments i do um i think the like the real question behind it is i think how can i be more um like not in a role when i'm with other people and in a way i I feel like I'm almost never that. And that's why like the actor story that I would just be on my own in silence and then I feel peace. But when I'm with others, it's like this script on and, and it makes me feel tired. So look, the point of this work, in my opinion, is not to achieve peace. That is not the objective. So, but here's an exercise you can do that I've done a bunch of times and it's just, amazing to do this is to get one or two people say want to do an experiment with me in trying to find this gap between identities so first they have to kind of understand what you mean and then they say yes and you get yourself together for two or three hours you go sit in a in a mall or a tourist area or a shopping zone and you sit there and you, what you do is you you see somebody walking down the street with a little dog and, and the first person says, I want to tell you what's really going on here. Is it, it actually, the person is a slave of the dog. The dog is an alien. And the wire that he's holding with is an electrical connection. So the dog, whenever he gets hungry, he sends a signal up to the person. The person takes him where he needs to poop, or he takes him to go sniff at other dogs, or to pee on the telephone pole. But the person, and by that time, the person's already by. And the next person goes, see the baby in the baby carriage? It's not a baby, it's a bomb. And it looked like a baby, but it's actually, it's a funny bomb. So when this bomb goes off, like people are gonna lose their ability to be angry for about four hours. And then the next person comes by and you just, you look at, you're looking at, you can, you know, you normally you look at people and you try to see who they are. And then this way you're trying to look at somebody and see who they're not. And it's what you're making up is possibilities for who they, you know, could be, but actually aren't. And that makes this gap really wide, the gap in identity. So you start finding it in yourself that you have access to all these possibilities of what a person is not. And all of a sudden you find it yourself, you're not. You find the not place. And it's just a very, I really recommend that experiment because it's so hilarious on the one hand, like, people will wonder what kind of drugs you're on because you're gonna be laughing so much. But on the other hand, it's so hilarious what people are pretending to be and then you say the opposite. Like you see that, you see that white guy? He's actually a black guy, you know? And he's, he had his skin changed color because his mother was watching TV and she loved white guys, I mean black guys. So he wanted to be so something his mother could love but she never loved him so now he got it like that, whatever. All the, you could just explain what things are, do you get the exercise? So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, and, and Iris, 
if you're going to do these experiments, you have to have kind of fun doing it. Okay. Because there you have this serious issue. You know, you have this like kind of this creature around here who goes, you have to be serious. Do you know that one? Yeah, well, it's more like that I'm angry and my mind is angry the whole time because it can't like keep up with everything. And it's just, yeah. Yeah, but okay. So why do you have your center in your mind? Because I want to get it. Like my mind wants to get it. Yeah, I want to talk to the I who wants to get it. Okay, I want to talk to that one. Hmm. Okay, hello. The, hello, mind. So what's so important about getting it? Control, probably. Ah, you want to control. Tell me a, a successful control story that you had one time. Well, my mind probably has some of them, yeah. Well, tell, me, tell me one. Control. Like your objective is control. Yeah. You want to get it so you can control. I, I'm asking if you want to get it so that you can control what grade you get on your paper. Yeah. Maybe, I don't, yeah. I don't know. It was just a wild ass guess. But it could be like that. You want to get it so you can control what the, the outcome of the test, what grade you get on the paper, a school thing. Could be like that. So anyway, try to find out what that is. Okay, why it's so important for you to get it. Because if you put your center in your mind, the mind isn't fast enough for this stuff. This relationship happens way faster than the mind can follow. For guys, it drives us crazy. You know, we're trying to figure it out. And there's so many, like people are on to chapter four, and we're trying to just open the book. Because it's just too slow for us guys. It's because we're, if we locate it in the mind. So when you start bringing your center down to your center, you can play, you can engage, you can participate, you can co-create and collaborate. So that's, that's the point of all this. It isn't about getting it. So there isn't a secret way. There's no method. There's no, we're not, this is, this book is not about a method. Okay. This is about a, a context and the, but it really helps to get out of your mind and experiment. Were you going to say something, Iris? Yeah, I mean, I think why I also want to get it is like because I want to explain it to other people, for example, and I want to feel that I have enough distinction to do that. And I think I have this fear that I, yeah, that I lack words or like explanation and then it just becomes fake or, yeah. You're like one of those people who tries to give other people the COVID virus. You're like, you're trying to infect people with this virus. And if... If you get it, then they can get it, and then they can pass it on, and other people can get it. You're trying to like inoculate people with possibility management around the world or something, the clarity. <laughs> Does that make any sense? Yeah. I'm not trying to make fun of it, not entirely. So um, what I'm saying is, is you please check that out. You know, you're you've got this um, you have i think you have really amazing abilities to go into the gap in identity at this time you're, if you put your center in your mind it you'll be left behind it at, at first base you'll be left behind 
the thing because it rolls the thing the thing rolls and you're back there trying to figure it out and you're not with yourself in in the flow of it so okay so see if you can practice putting your center you know down here at your physical center and and let your center think for you let your center move you let your center explain stuff to you you know skip the mind for a while just put it you know what i mean put it in the refrigerator for a while something like that just like leave it in the, send it back to school or something like say you built this for me you fix it now something like that so i just send it back so okay try that because mm, because i think it makes me sad i feel sad because i think you have a possibility for so much joy and if you put your put your center in your mind trying to get it you lose out on so much joy that's really possible like, okay so okay all right thank you thank you you're a bird ingrid you okay you didn't say anything yet today I'm trying to, no, my center is full, fully there and I'm open to, to um, let explain my center, what, everything, what happens. Okay. Thank you. One second. Horatio, are you okay? Uh, yeah, yeah, very, very much so. And you, you're, you still like Bruce? Hmm? You still like Bruce? Do I still like Bruce? I thought you were a friend of Bruce's. No. We uh, we we go we attend the same group meeting in Florida. And but he's not your friend? No, we've never met or or dialogue for that matter. You should. He's a great Hi, do you hear? Bruce, you're still here, right? Where are you? Yeah, Bruce, do you, do you, you how about, how about, look at, I just made this website called Men's Circle. Will you type that one in for me too? Mm -hmm. What? <laughs> okay, she, she's going to do revenge on the women's circle. So these are, anyway, I would, and I would invite you to just check those out for a possible connection between Bruce and Horatio, just for example. Benu, you might want to get in on this too. And Ethan, dude, you know, Ethan, you've been, you're, you're, um, you've been in such places that you have so much to share that I hope you have a circle of places to share that stuff, Ethan. Okay. So Hi. I, Hi. So, uh, where are you sharing your stuff? Uh, <clears throat> a range. I mean, I'm, I have different friends that I speak to on, yeah, when the time calls. And I have a mentor that I'm working with right now. Are you writing any articles? I'm writing, I'm finishing a book. What's the title? Positive vision, Visions for the Future. Thank you for doing that. Let us know when it's out there, okay? It's a bunch of interviews with a lot of different people, so. God, you didn't interview Anne Chloe yet. 
<laughs> I did most of the interviews seven or eight years ago, but uh, still could squeeze one in. And, and what? Could still squeeze some in. Go, go for her because I, just, I get to sit across the desk from her. You know, I'm just trying to write my next book. And, you know, and the stuff that comes out of this space that she is, you, you would want to tap into that a little bit. Cool. I, I suggest I will, that. I will talk to her. Okay. Clarissa, what are you? What am I? I'm uh, distracted right now. By us or by something else? By something else. Okay. You, but you didn't answer my question, really. Yes. It's your state. Your state is distracted, but what are you? I don't know. Okay. Do you know Maya? No. She's from Mallorca. Maya, are you still in Mallorca? Yeah, I'm back on Mallorca. Um, I'm not sure why I'm having you guys talk to each other, but I would really like some, some tangling, like what I mean, it's like uh, <clears throat> some interchange, some flux, some flow. Mm, here's the thing. As we go along through this book and as we go along in this process, there will, there will be develop in us a, a hunger for more, more than a once a week dose of, of this particular stuff. And so it, that would happen through taking responsibility for connecting with other researchers. Who are you guys? You guys are researchers. So it's great to connect with each other especially if you don't know who the other person is and engage in an exchange of the, the kinds of flow that's happening through the spaces that we've gotten into. So I would encourage. And so like, I know, like, for example, Maya, Maya is this kind of lone wolf. She's out one of those women running with the wolves and, and she, when she comes home, you know, she's kind of tired and whatever, but, she, but she could also, run with some other women. So like, I would encourage Maya and Clarissa, you guys have a, a, some kind of resonance with each other. I don't know how, but if you guys would just talk to each other and find out what your resonance is, something like that. So I would invite, you know, Crystal and all you guys to um, Maria to just start, uh, just pick somebody from this team and, and get in touch in the middle. So this chat group that Enchloe is building will be a place to get easy contact with each other. So um, I'm not asking for promise or anything, but I, I'm just encouraging us to do that. We have kind of not much time left for this day's journey. I will stick around for a while afterwards if anybody wants to talk about something um, for the next little while and, and if you don't if you need to go then thank you very much for being here and and for contributing to the quality of the attention and the space that we get to create together
in this study group. I appreciate that a lot. So thank you. If you have to go, then see you later. That was a that was an identity shift right there. It's one of those blink. It's like one of those identity shifts. And if you um, somebody has something, just put up your hand, and we'll just keep talking for a little while. So let's see. Um, okay, I see three hands all of a sudden. I'm gonna let's start with Hannah, Habet, Doris, and Naomi. It's in reverse alphabetical order. Hannah. So, hello, can you hear me? Yes. Great. So, what I feel right now is shame. Uh, my heart is pounding like. Uh, I, I, wanna, I just want to cry. <laughs> and I'm feeling very angry at the same time. So, uh, I feel shame. And. I see that this is like if there's a door I can go through, then this is the door. And okay, yeah, so hold, on. hold on, there's I see three or four people, five maybe, right now in this group who they would put their hand up and say, Hannah, hang up, connect with me, and we'll take you through this process right now. And if you want to do it, you have to put your hand up first. So, Hannah, do you want to do this? You want to yes. use your doorway. Yes, okay. Then you say, please, would somebody take me through this process right now? Just ask that. Please, would somebody take me through this process right now? And then, so I hold your hand up if you would do that. Did it, everybody hear me? Janet, did you put your hand up? I'm just in the middle of typing with one finger that this has been a big area of my um, expertise in the, my old world. And I'm typing that I will offer an online space. Shame is a doorway for transformation. And rather than one-on-one, -on -one, I'm willing to hold a group, create a group uh, to do that. That's what I was typing. So Hannah, would that work for you? Yeah. Yeah, that would work for me. Thank you, Janet. And who I else would like who else, who else would like to do that with Janet in New Zealand there? So they have it. Okay. So you guys write your names down or yeah. So Janet send out a message about when you could do that. Yeah, I'll talk to I will talk to you and Chloe and ask for your coaching how to create the, the link and the... Okay. Cool, and that would be this sometime this week, or when would it be? Um, it'll get clear. It's not clear right now. But not too it long from get, now. Oh no, within the next eight to 10 days, for sure. Okay, cool. All right, thank you. Hannah, thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Saying, yeah, and just let the doorway, just put a little, sticker on the doorway and say, I'll be back. You know, tie a string to the door so you can find your way back. Okay, there was something that, that brought you to that door, but just make a little mark on it somehow so you can go back there. Maybe it's a sentence. Maybe it's a short little thing like, I don't get it, or I, I missed something. Can you say what it was, Hannah? What the trigger was? Um, I am Only here. I am here. Yes. Okay, 
So just mark that on the door and you'll find your way door. And when you get with Janet, you'll be able to go right back there and through the door and she'll just take you through this. It's great. Thanks. Thanks, Janet. Good. Cool. bet you were next. Yeah, I, I have a question or I want to ask for possibilities uh, of what you said before to Ramona. It was about um, the scanning. When you said, yeah. yeah, you would scan the person and then you would see whatever mm -hmm. the person is up to. And what um, I'm afraid of now, or what is um, in front of, or on my desk, let's say, is that I will quit my job. And it's because the, however, I don't need a reason, but it's like um, they are trying to have an unfair conversation with me and trying to grill me. Like they made a date and, and they changed the deadlines. Like they want to make me stress. and make me want to feel responsible for their bullshit and um i i mean i scan them already and i i see that they're not interested in the girls at all and um and the things i'm doing they cannot read or understand because they're far beyond that and so what Aunt chloe uh, gave me as a possibility was to stay in my territory and to stay in my context and to speak from my context. And now that you said what you said is that rings a bell in me. Like, okay, if I know people are not interested in whatsoever, why would I explain? That doesn't make any sense to me. And mm -hmm. I cannot build a bridge into nowhere because they, they, are, they are in some gremlin nonsense. So mm -hmm. what I'm asking is please give me possibilities that yeah. I can have a conversation that makes sense to me at least. I have two things right now. One is get a connection with and Chloe for her mother Lee, who's in New Zealand, who's going through a similar thing right now. So you could be both allies in this. She's doing a similar kind of thing. Okay, got it? Mm -hmm. Next thing yeah. is, Next thing is change your conversation from I'm quitting my job to I'm inventing a new game world. Okay, thank you. Because you really need uh, to, to go to somewhere else rather than leave something behind. I mean, so the, the focus of your energy, if you're leaving something behind, then you, it's easy to quit a job. You just say, I quit. It's over. You never go back there. Yeah, but then what do you do? So that so the it's much better orientation if you turn towards the future build out the next thing and pretty soon the thing that you were in can't even you've changed your shape so much you have changed your shape so much that it can't hold you anymore and so then the conversation to have with the people back there is here's the game world i'm building and they they'll either get it or they won't but you don't even have to talk about their game world at all with them you're not going to fix their game world because you didn't build it it's not your game world so build the new game world. Just explain to them. You can say it'll turn you on to explain your next game world, and they will either go, "God, we need we need to fund you or whatever," or they just just say, "Get out of here." Yeah. You, okay, you get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you so much, Kizzy. Build the next game world. Yeah, really. 
And I mean, that's the reason why they kicked me because I was building a new game world. And that makes now completely sense to me because this game world I've built, it, it doesn't need me, that game yeah. world, you know? I made myself obsolete here. That's okay, thank you. Moving. Doris. <laughs> you have said um, you have to integrate all your ad uh, identities in the awareness, in the now. And so I'm... I'm going to make a video replay of what I said. Because I don't think I said, you have to integrate. Oh. I don't think I said that. Okay. This thing, okay. Why don't you ask your question? Just ask the question. Yeah. If you see, I'm facing right now a big part of mine, of personality, I didn't want to have. Of, of and how how you do that to really accept and integrate it's such a big part of me i'm 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 confronted here um how, how in the in the practice there's a there's a procedure do you want to say something? no there's a procedure you can do where you go back to where you originated that part it has a use. It was a long time ago in a different situation. It was necessary. It was your main vehicle. It saved your life. And then, but so you build up a lot of mass in it. And now you're, you're in a whole different situation, whole different thing. But that thing is still there. So the way through that thing is you can't really cut it off, but you can digest it. And the way you do it is you have to, is, is by going into it. It would be great if you would find somebody who's on here, like what, uh, Martina or Vera or Scott or Janet Redmond or somebody like that who's had some experience with these processes and have them hold, take you through the process of, of, of going to the source of it. You can't do it by yourself. You would need to do it in a space where you can fall apart. So, do you understand what I'm saying? So you have a big identity part. You've been, it's, it's, it's conflicting with your current reality. Is that what you're saying? It's a conflict now, that big yeah. part. Yeah. yeah. So the thing to do is to go back to where you cr created it so that it can like integrate into you. So that it wouldn't, so you don't have it, um, because the necessity isn't there anymore. So, It'd be great. So do you want to do that? Yes. Okay. Janet, we will be available. Janet. Janet Redmond. Janet. Yeah, would in, be. in groups. I, I want to do it in groups, not individually. Okay, she needs an individual thing. She needs okay. an individual thing. No, I got really clear. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll think about it. Okay, so Martina could do that. Uh, Amanda? Oh, Maya. Yes. What about Maya. Mia? Mia Click? Yeah, Mia or Amanda's got her hand up too. Amanda's in Costa Rica. She's where you are. She's in Costa Rica. Really? You guys are both in Costa Rica. Oh, okay. Amanda so, is. She's great. So, yeah, just connect in with her. Just you know, and, and just set an appointment soon and just go right through it. It'll take, it'll take you an hour, hour and a half, something like that. 
Okay. And Amanda, Amanda, I've, I worked a lot with Doris. She, she can feel, she, she knows how to navigate her feelings and emotions. You just stay right with her and, and she can tell you what's going on. It'll, it'll go straight forward. It's a, she's good. Doris can do this. Cool. cool. Perfect. Doris, can you send me your contact information? Yes. Okay. Perfect. Great, thank you guys. And uh, Naomi, I think you were you had your hand up. Naomi. I have um, basically a practical question and I'm very connected to fear um, of thinking I ask many questions. Um, and I think that's maybe a process I could or need to do with someone outside of this group, but I just wanted to mention it because it's very live in me right now. Yeah. Um, that didn't work. So look, this is radiant joy, brilliant love. Right? Mm -hmm. And that's a bunch of bullshit unless it works. So the way that you works is you change what you're communicating around to. I want to go through this process of the emotional fear of asking too many questions, of being a burden, of taking up too much time or space. Who would do that with me? Yes. And then you get somebody's hand, you get their contact information, and it works. So that's yeah. the training here. It's about negotiating intimacy, negotiating transformational intimacy. That's what, where we're going. So do you want to try again? It's called a do-over. Do-over? Do you want a do-over? Yes. Go ahead. I have fear and, and sadness about um, noticing I ask many questions and being afraid of being a burden and taking up a lot of space. Is there anybody who wants to take me through that process? I see Hannah. I don't see everybody's hands yet. Hannah and, or Phyllis. Yeah, so that would be actually a great team if you two guys would go to do it together. Phyllis and Hannah. Hannah, you're in, in Belgium. Where are you, Holland? Where are you? Holland. You're in Holland. Phyllis is in Eugene, Oregon. Naomi, where are you? In Mexico? Yes. God, fantastic. So what you're doing is making this triangle on the earth that is, a, is a, <laughs> creating a a connection between uh, practice, like uh, communities of practice. You have a community of practice, the three of you, and it creates a field of influence for the emergence of next culture. So it's this huge triangle over the whole planet. Work out the time. Very good. Cool. Thank you, guys. So Naomi, Hannah, and Phyllis. Cool. I can I can set up a Zoom call if um, if I get your information. Great. The thing is, you. Especially Naomi, you need to just arrange a space where you can be, where you can make loud sounds and nobody will freak out. Okay? So okay. just tell the people around you, you're going to be making sounds, you're going through a process or a theater practice or something, and it'll take an hour or two and you'll be fine. Just tell people around so they don't worry. Okay. Okay. And can I ask the practical question I had? Yes. The practical question was, I remember reading in the book, um, warning, I think it was specifically warning a man that you're going to be doing new behaviors because yes. if not, he will block you out with his box. 
So yes. today we talked about um, role-playing somebody or asking them to role-play you. And this kind of experiments, should I always warn people before? I was wondering about that. You use the word always. Yes. Should I always <laughs> warn somebody? And mm. you will find that in these conversations, that word doesn't apply. It's a fake word. There's words like never or always or have to or must or should. These are kind of fake words. So that framework isn't going to work in this world. What you, if, you're, if you're in your center, you can sense, like uh, we were talking about scanning, right? So you can scan the person to see if they need a warning or not. And you can just say, I'd like to give you a warning. I'm going to act in a way that you don't know you can't predict how I'm going to behave. And I'm, I'm just going to, I'll be doing that in just a minute. So would you like to leave or do you want to stick around for the roller coaster ride? And then they'll give you an answer. And then you can trust their answer. Okay. So don't say, hey, no, you can't go back now. You already decided we're on the roller coaster. Here we go. Like that. Okay. So you don't, there isn't an all, there isn't an always or a never. Um, in this kind of work. Okay, cool. All right, anybody else? Anything? Amanda. Yes, I read your men's circle page, or most of it at least, this morning. Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny? Because, you know, I say right in there that most of the people who read this website are women. And so the first person who tells me they read the website, it's a woman. Okay, go ahead. Um, so I read it and like, I want to post it and share it like all over social media and be like, hey, everyone read this. And at the same time, a lot of the people I'm connected to are like queer or, you know, I'm from Portland, Oregon, originally. So I don't know if you know what that place is like, but. Um, I was there. They have really good donuts. Yeah, <laughs> they do. <Good> donuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, and so the thing is, I want to share that with everyone. And at the same time, I'm afraid that when a lot of the people I'm connected to there read, like your first part where you say okay. what the men's group is not, that they'll be like, I never want to do any PM again kind of thing. And I don't want to exclude people from it. I want them, and I'm afraid their boxes are going to react and they're just going to make it, it is this or it's not that. Like it'll become this positionality thing for them. What? So I have two suggestions. One is focus on the donuts. You know, so lesbians, gays, bisexual, transgender, and gay people all eat donuts. And they do them good. Those donuts have so much energy in them. They're so, the gremlin gets so positively fed. So, you know, there's always things like the cash, cashier lady at the donut store is probably a homophobic person. Right? So you have to explain this to people. It's like, don't let the homophobic cashier lady at the donut store block you from getting the donuts. Life can be simple. Okay? 
people have to grow up about this stuff. It's just crap. You know, all this crap about blocking, who could, getting blocked from donuts is not a way to live. And the other thing I was going to say, I changed my mind about it. So, okay. Okay. But do you get what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. this work is for a certain level of maturity. And there, I've been in too many groups where people with weird philosophical constructs come in and basically destroy the group with their gremlin using some kind of social, what's it called? Social politeness, social, social correct, socially correct, what's politically correct. Yeah, some kind of belief system in political correctness that is not germane to the issue at hand. They distract the whole thing into their little ego world. I've been around too many groups like that. So, so I'm not willing, I'm, not, I'm not just absolutely unwilling to go along that game world with them. They want to feed their gremlin, go somewhere else. They want to get the donuts. Here we are. This is a fabulous donut shop. There's big stuff in here. You have to talk to people. Mm -hmm. You might lose some friends, but you know, what are you doing in Costa Rica anyway? You know, you get new friends. There's a lot of people in Costa Rica who don't even really know what good donuts are. <laughs> yeah. But do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Just because other people want to trap you in this political correctness thing, you don't have to go there. It's a context. You can function in a different context. Okay. Here's, 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 okay. Every time you talk to me, you have to say a swear word before between each word. So goddamn Clinton, fucking hello, um, asshole, how um, um, dog shit are, like between every word you talk, you have to put in one of these swear words, okay? Otherwise you don't respect my game world like that. So anyway, good, thank you for your question. It's germane. Is it uh, uh, okay. Anything else? Thank you. Anything else before we um, enter the back to experimental laboratories that we're from? Scott, do you still like me? <laughs> I like parts of you. <laughs> And Chloe said, barely. <laughs> barely. <laughs> I like you though. So anyway. Cool. Ethan, nice to see you. Danny. Yes, Danny. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Uh, I don't know any of you. <laughs> uh, this is my first meeting. And um, I met you at Boom Festival two years ago maybe yes and i had a really amazing experience i went to part one and two of your talks and hey. yes and it was really incredible i don't have a question i just am so glad to be here and mm. to talk to you again and i just want to thank you you're such an interesting incredible person <laughs> Very why much. are you saying that <laughs> So, why am I? Do is I ask people why they say that kind of stuff. 
Danny, thank you. I'm so glad you came to the BOOM thing because that was edge work. It was really great edge work. We had almost 200 people in tents. It was hot. There was boom, boom music around and people went into dragon speaking. People yeah. went into, uh, people did this uh, box and being. Did you do the box and being thing? Yes, yes. Yeah, cool. This was, it was fabulous. We had a room with 50 or 60 people and they all did box and being and they never heard of us before. So, yeah. Yeah, it was really incredible, and I, I almost signed up. I, well, I did sign up to your, uh, you were going to do um, a workshop in Sydney, where I'm from, and then you didn't get enough people, so it cancelled in the end, which I'm so upset about. But I got close, so I don't live there now. If you're ever in Israel, please, please, please come. <laughs> I was going to say, Israel, hey, look, connect in with some of these other people, okay? They're, they're your brothers and sisters. You have a phone number I added to the group. Okay, so you got we got your number in the no, group. I don't have oh, do you want to put your WhatsApp number in the group, and then people will you can connect in with people between times. Good. Right. Thank you so much. Okay, and Benu, see the Benu over here, the guy who's in charge, the guy who's he's got the headphones. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in Israel right now, so we're going to Okay. Yeah, cool. Dor, you have something? Dor is in Israel. Also. Yes. Also. I wanted to say that, that we. Israel is here. We are this. Okay, you got friends. <laughs> I wanted to say that <laughs> I wanted to say that Danny is the one that dragged me in the middle of the boot festival. She said we're going to this workshop now. And I was like, that's how I met you because of Danny. And so that was crazy. Good work. I just want you to know we have homos in the refrigerator. That's what we get for dinner tonight is ho homemade hummus. <laughs> Don't eat too much of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Thanks for being here. Thank you thank very you. much. I look forward to this. So thank you very much. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. So, you have fun experimenting. Blow okay, some circuit out. <laughs> thank you, okay. everyone. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye, Thank you. Bye, Sarah. Bye. Bye. Thank you for being here. Really enjoying what I'm learning so far. Oh, good. Cool. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Great, Sarah. Bye-bye right. now. Okay, bye-bye. And Chloe, did you do a copy of this um, info? And you can put it in the Zoom group or in the WhatsApp group. You can just copy paste this into the WhatsApp as a message. You mean the, the nooks? Yeah. I don't know how you do it. Can you just? I, I can. Let me check something first. I'm going to leave it on.